This is the Rich Dad Radio Show. The good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Hello and welcome to the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and the bad news about money. This is Kim Kiyosaki and I'm hosting the show today as Robert is in another part of the world. And today we've got a very, very special show. So, for example, if you are in a job that you're not thriving in, that you're not crazy about, that you don't really look forward to getting up Monday morning, you feel like you're kind of stuck on the ground, and you maybe have an idea or you have a sense that maybe there's something more to your life. Maybe there's something more you should be doing with your life. So today we have a really special guest, and we are going to talk about what are the key ingredients to unlocking those talents and those gifts within you, because we believe that everybody has a gift to give the world and the talent to to expand and, and to share. Um, so what are the key ingredients to unlocking your gifts and your talents and then taking them and making them into profit? So yeah. <laughs> there we Love go. It. And our guest today is Kathy Heller. She is the author and the host of the number one recommended podcast on iTunes called Don't Keep Your Day Job. So we often mm-hmm. hear, don't quit your day job. And she's saying, don't keep your day job. Um, she started out as a singer-songwriter and first found success licensing her music. She became a millionaire, and then she went on to really teaching and helping others find their true gifts and talents and to share them with the world. So, Kathy, welcome to the show. Oh, my gosh. It's so cool to be here. You guys are legendary. Everybody, oh. your book. Everybody knows all about what you're putting in the world, and you just set that up so well, so I can't wait to dive into that. Oh, well, thank you. Good stuff. Appreciate that. Appreciate it. Well, you're doing great work out there as well. Um, and you, you tell us a little bit about your story. You, you, you had a job and you left it to kind of, to follow what it is you really love to do. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think that everyone who's listening can relate to growing up and going through some stuff. You know, I think all of us by the age of four or nine or 12, either you had your heart broken one way or the other, you know, either somebody left or someone passed away or someone rejected you. And in my house, it was like that. My dad walked out and my mom was super depressed. And I think I I made a decision. Like I was not going to grow up and be that kind of unhappy adult. I, I felt such a need to, to get away from whatever that was. And I really, truly wanted to be seen. I felt so invisible, you know, feeling abandoned, my dad leaving. And my mom actually tried to commit suicide a couple of times. Oh. And here I was as a kid, like calling 911. And I felt very, how, how old were you? Um, this started, she was always suffering from depression, but she started to do that when I was about 12. Wow. And, that's, um, that's young. it was really, it was awful. It was like a really hard time. And, um, what wound up happening is I came out to LA and I was like, one day, you know, the thing I love to do is write music. I'll be famous. And then everyone will see me and hear me. And um, I craved it so deeply. And I wound up coming out to LA and I got a roommate and I started working on just trying to figure out how to get a record deal and how do I meet the executives and what do I do? And it took two and a half years and I finally got a record deal. I got signed to Interscope and Ron Fair was my producer. And I remember sitting next to him when they were recording paparazzi for Lady Gaga. And he turned to me and he's like, <laughs> you've, you've made it, kid. And um, 
it was pretty surreal. And four months later, he called me driving, which is all you do in LA. And he said, could you pull over? He said, we're going to be, we're going to drop you from the record label because we're not hundred percent sure that this would actually take off. And so long story short, I was like, Oh boy, what do I do now? And that's when everybody said, well, this is the point where you grow up, get real, get practical and go get a real job. And I had already had day jobs, you know, on my way to getting the record deal, but I went back into the belly of the beast and I got a bunch of jobs. I felt like Barbie. I was like, astronaut Barbie, vet Barbie. Like I tried on 14 different hats. I was working in an interior design firm. I worked in a, in a nonprofit. So then one of my friends then said to me, well, if you're not going to do what you love, just make money. And the way to make money is real estate. So work for this commercial real estate broker. And she was right. I started working for this commercial real estate broker in Brentwood. He started giving me a little piece, little points just for making calls and setting meetings for him. And I was doing well. I was making like 150 grand and I was 25 years old. And so you made the decision at that point that, okay, don't, don't, don't focus on what it is you really like to do. Just go out and make money. So the purpose yeah, of your, money. the purpose of your job was just to make money and you kind of put your yeah. gift and your talent aside. Yeah. And sure enough, even when I was making that money at 25, that was great. I was eating the sushi I wanted, wearing cute jeans, you know, and here I was, I remember two years into that, I was 27. I pulled over on the side of the road. I was trying so hard. I couldn't see. And I was driving again. It's LA. And I thought, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to wake up to just make money and like come home and watch Netflix. And what was the trigger for that? Where did that thought come from? I didn't feel like myself. I felt like I was living someone else's life. You know, I remember them saying to me, could you wear heels when you come to the office? And can you make sure your hair is blown out? And like slowly, day after day, I didn't recognize myself in the mirror. And I started to feel really depressed. I started to gain weight. I started to feel like pretty like these existential questions of like, why are we here? It was like not going well. And I thought, I think it's because it's not being me. I felt like, you know, like if, if you look at a guitar, but instead of it being used as a guitar, it was used as like a paperweight or something dumb. Like I just felt like I wasn't doing me. And I think a lot of people feel that whisper of like, I don't know exactly what it is, or maybe I do know what it is, but one way or the other, I think the number one regret of the dying is people say, I didn't live life on my terms. I lived right. the life my father told me to live or whatever. So I quit. Yeah. Well, if you, I mean, if you look at most people, we come out of school, you know, school tells you don't make a mistake and get the right answer and do it perfectly. Oh, yeah. So we come out of school, scared to death to make a mistake, scared to death to take a risk scared to yeah. death to go out on our own and possibly make a fool of ourselves or lose money. And so yeah. instead we trade our life, basically our life for money and a job we hate. It's really key what you're saying, because it, it turns out that they've done all this research to figure out what actually does make us happy. And it's not all of those things that they promise us. It's not get a good job. You'll you know go to a good college, get a good job. You'll check the box, get the house, get the mortgage, get the no. What actually truly makes us happy is meaning and purpose. Yep. Yes. We need a sense of belonging. We are actually the most incredible species. We are created to want to contribute, which is amazing. Like, I don't know that bears feel that way. You know, that they <laughs> to other bears, but human beings want and need that in order to feel fulfillment. And that's so beautiful. That's interesting that you say that because my three girlfriends, all entrepreneurs, investors, and I just launched um, a product for women to discover exactly that, to discover what's most meaningful to them. Oh, I love because, Well, what happens, especially for women, and it happens for men also, but we take on what's meaningful 
to other people, to our spouse or our family, yeah. to our culture, our society. And there's actually neuroscience that proves when you're not operating according to what's most meaningful to you, your, your neurons actually atrophy. And the, the part of your brain where your gift lies and your talent lies yeah. actually yeah. actually diminishes. And yeah. so that's why so many people go, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I want to do. Well, of course they don't because they haven't been living things according to what's most meaningful. And that's what I see. That's what you're doing, right? Yeah. And that goes back to what you just said is that we don't explore. We shut it off. And if you look at children, like I have a three-year-old and if you go into her preschool class, every child wants to get their hands in the finger pain and they're jumping yep. in the sand pit. And the thing that they all have in common is they're willing to be messy. They're willing to be messy. And at a certain point, you get told, why would you do that? You get criticized. You get rejected. Somebody's you know, only going to love you if you get the good grade, if you, if you live according to what they have a standard set for you. So you stop being messy. And there's so much of us that we've just sort of left behind. There's like a six-year-old in each of us that has so much magic, that has a ton of wisdom, but we just haven't developed. And we've, we've built such an intolerance mediocrity where we won't even let ourselves begin a project unless it's immediately perfect right right and right that's not no one is doing that you know that goes back to you got to do perfect got to get the right answer you got to you know people say right i mean but the first podcast i did was not my best the first time i wrote a song was pretty bad like but you got to go do it what you're saying is you got to go do it right like think about like anything you've done like you've got to give yourself the chance to explore it. And I think that there's certain things that we can do to like open up to what's inside. But in order to do that, see, here's the thing. While every single one of us was conditioned not to think outside or draw outside the lines, there's also survival skills that were built. And I, I want to be compassionate to the listeners because see, I get it. Deep down, you don't want to be in pain. You don't want to hurt. And so if you love someone and they've left, if you put your hands out and you got rejected, you're going to create this brilliant strategy. And this is what I see. And, and the strategy goes like this. I'm fine. I don't need anything else. I don't want anything else. Because isn't that brilliant? If I don't want it, I never have to even get hurt. So we don't even acknowledge sometimes how, how much of an empty feeling there is. And it's probably because we are afraid of getting hurt and we don't even see a path. I think that one of the biggest problems is people think it's like Beyonce or bust. It's Elon Musk or nothing. You're Martha Stewart or nothing. And that's a great point. So don't keep your day job. Did you write the book first or did you do the podcast first? Which came first? The podcast. The podcast, podcast. came first. So what I yeah. think a lot of people miss, and we're going to talk about this in the next session, is a lot of people think, well, I've got to find my passion. And if I just find my passion, then the money will come. But what you're right. saying is there's a big, big step in between, which is find your passion, work your butt off, <laughs> and then the money will come. Yeah. And what I would add to that is it's, we're built to serve. It's all people. It's all empathy. And I think most people, they build businesses backwards. And we can talk about it in the next segment or whenever you want. But the steps to this are actually not difficult. It's the resistance to getting in action because yeah. of all of our self-doubt and our fear and imposter syndrome. But I think the biggest key is that we are in it to serve. And if, it, if it's not about other people, it's not a business. It's a hobby. Because a business, by definition, means somebody else paid you 
So they needed it and they wanted it. And that means we have to figure out what it is that we offer that someone else can benefit from. Yes. And it goes back to contributing, which is actually the thing that we selfishly need the most is a feeling of contribution. Yes. And when we come back, we're going to talk about those steps. We're going to talk about those key ingredients to finding that gift and that talent and what it is you want to contribute. And we're also going to talk about there's a difference between passion and purpose. We're going to go into that as well. So when we come back, stay tuned because Kathy's going to give you what the steps are and the key ingredients so that if you're in a job or you're in a career that is just, you're just not loving it. And if you get up Monday morning and go, oh God, it's Monday morning and I just want to work for the weekend, then that's not a life. So when we come back, we're going to talk about how to have the life you want. We'll be right back. Hey, Rich Dad listeners. No sound financial plan is complete without life insurance. And we know shopping for life insurance can raise a lot of questions. How much coverage do you need? Which insurance company is best for you? How much should it even cost? And at a time when it's more important than ever to have life insurance, the pandemic is making it a little more complicated to shop for it. That's where Policy Genius can help you. As a life insurance marketplace backed by a team of experts, Policy Genius is keeping track of all the changes in the market so you don't have to. They'll find you the right amount of coverage at the best possible price without a headache. Policy Genius pulls quotes from all the top life insurance companies. You can compare rates and find the best price for you. This doesn't this doesn't just save you a lot of legwork. You could save 1500 or more a year. You could save 1500 or more a year by using Policy Genius. Policy Genius pulls quotes from all the top life insurance companies so you can compare rates and find the best price for you. This doesn't just have this just doesn't save a lot of legwork. You could save 1500 or more a year by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and the red tape for free. So if you hit any speed bumps during your application process, they'll be there to take care of everything. So if you need life insurance, but you're not sure where to start, head to Poly So if you need life insurance, but you're not sure where to start, head to policygenius.com. Policy Genius will find you the best rate and handle the process completely. They'll get you and your family protected, and hopefully, you have one less thing to worry about. Try Policy Genius today. Hello, and welcome back to the Rich Dad Radio Show the good news and the bad news about money. You can listen to Rich Dad Radio anytime, anywhere on iTunes or Android. Um, to hear our podcast, go to richdadradio.com. And if you have a question for Robert or myself, go to askrobert at richdadradio.com. So our guest today is Kathy Heller. She's the author and host of the number one recommended podcast on iTunes called Don't Keep Your Day Job. Not don't quit your day job, don't keep your day job. And she started out as a singer-songwriter um, and decided that really what she loved doing was to help people discover what their gift and their talent is that they want to share with the world and how to do that. So, um, Kathy, welcome back. So in the first segment, we were talking about, you know, kind of the problem people have and why people don't 
pursue their dreams and pursue yeah. their passions and pursue their purpose um, because of fear and afraid of making mistakes and a fear of looking stupid and a fear of a lot of things. But you say that actually the key ingredients to finding that talent and that gift and that passion is actually not that difficult. Can you go into some of the steps involved? Yeah, I will. You know, I think that people usually, as I said in the last segment, we build businesses backwards. And what we think in our mind actually feels uncomfortable because what we think to ourselves is, all right, what I'm supposed to do is come up with some perfect idea. I'm supposed to build the app. I'm supposed to go in the cave and come up with the whole line of jewelry. I'm supposed to write the whole play. I'm supposed to go off on my own, come up with this brilliant thing. And when it's ready and when it's perfect and when it's finished, I'm supposed to put it in the world and then convince people to want it and sell the thing. That is backwards. The reason that doesn't feel good is because that's not how it goes and it doesn't work that way. It's supposed to be the opposite where you're making this thing for someone else. So we've, we've heard it. You may have like heard someone whisper the words of like proof of concept or validate the idea. Every single brand, every single place you go, anytime you're in connection with someone's business, whether it's Apple or the yoga studio you like to visit, I, I promise you, the people who own that coffee shop, that yoga studio, the people behind Apple, the people behind the peanut butter you're eating, they have spent time focused on you, what you need, what you want, what you're wearing, what time of day it is, how they can, how they can cater to build the thing for you. It is so much easier to make dinner for a friend if you know she's gluten-free. It's so much easier to hit it out of the park to know she's vegan, then you don't just waste the money on making her the steak dinner. So that goes along too. why they say, you know, 50% of businesses fail within the first three years or first year yeah. even. Um, and a lot yeah. of that too goes back to when we're in school and as an employee, we're taught to do it on our own. We're taught to have the right answer. So oftentimes people go into the, what we call the S quadrant, the self-employed quadrant or the entrepreneurial quadrant, but they're coming out from the mindset of an employee, mm-hmm. which an employee is don't make mistakes, right? follow the rules, do what you're told. Right. But th- it's a mindset shift also that has to happen when you're talking about, don't focus on what you're going to do, focus on what your customer is going to get. Yeah, who it is. I had Barbara Corcoran on the show the other day on my show, and I said, what, what constitutes a successful business? And she said, it's a couple simple things. Who is this thing for? You know, what do they need and are they willing to pay for it? And that's, those are the basic things. But here's the cool thing. If you're at a day job right now and you're feeling like, oh, but how would I ever leave? I, I suggest don't take the leap. Build this while you have your job. Yeah, we say the same thing. Your job becomes the investor now for yep. you to be doing this work. You see, this work is the benchmark. Before you leave the job, you have to know that the product the thing, the service, whatever you're creating, it's validated, meaning you've figured out who it's for and you've gotten clear. Oh, I'm about to put these you know, pieces of jewelry on Etsy, but now I know better who I'm making it for and what stones they like. And they, it turns out they'd spend more money for better quality metal. So you know what? Now I know that's my audience. I'm going to do that. Like making it valuable to the person. So let me go back, Kathy. So how do you even start to figure out what it is you want to give? So the first piece is after interviewing over 250 people for my show, Bobby Brown, she's a makeup artist, Jenna Fisher, she's an actress from The Office, Howard Schultz was on a star of Starbucks. 
after talking to 250 super successful people who did their dream job from scratch. Okay, all of these people are self-made. Howard Schultz lived in public housing. Not everybody knows that. The point is, I then looked at 250 people and I said, oh my goodness, all, all of these people fall into one of four archetypes. And this is really helpful. And on my website, actually, we created a free quiz at kathyheller.com to help you figure out maybe which archetype you are. What's your website? It's kathyheller.com. Kathy with a C. A okay. Yeah. So the, the four archetypes are you're either a maker type, like you are the creator. You want to write the song. You want to make the pottery. You want to make the jewelry. You're going to bake the cupcakes. You're the maker, creator type. Or you're the teacher type. You would rather teach someone how to make sourdough bread or teach somebody how to be productive or teach someone piano. Okay. Then the third one is you might be a curator. You might be the kind of person who says, you know, Kathy, my whole life I've loved like artisan chocolate, but I'm not a chocolatier, but oh my God, is there a way for me to be around chocolate? Yeah. You could curate it. You could curate a shop or you could put together events with different vendors. You might be someone who loves poetry, but you don't really want to get up and do poetry, but you curate a poetry slam evening. So that's the curator. And then the last type is the investigator. You might be a person who just loves ideas and you want to have a blog or a podcast or write a book about any topic, parenting, happiness. It could be about baseball and you can make a living. So first of all, that's important because I think for most people, one of the main reasons they don't do anything is because they don't see a path forward. They don't even see a possibility that that is a career. And we live in a time where everybody is on the other side of your smartphone. So you could create your own business. You can find your own audience for one of those four things. So you're saying that one of the first steps is not necessarily finding out the the product or the service, but kind of figuring out who you are. Are you the are you the inventor, the maker? Are you the teacher who wants to teach about it? Are you the What's one that wants strength? to open the shops? Yeah, because it, it helps you start to figure that out. I mean, there's a great Japanese word, ikigai. I'm sure you've heard that word mm-hmm. a million times. I have, yep. And I love it because it's the combination of three things. It's what are you good at? What do you love doing? And what does the world need and want? And when those three things come together, you find a purpose. So I think it's important for people. It starts to give people ideas. And it's not just, well, I have to be a singer. Or I guess I can't work in music. No way. You could still work in the music business. Let me show you how. So it just starts to open up possibility. When you can show a person that something is possible, now we can get into action. So okay. it starts there. So you're saying, first of all, to don't quit your day job necessarily, but start a part-time business. I mean, I think a side hustle works really well because yeah. if you quit the job and now you have all this free time, you're probably going to shoot yourself in the foot because you're going to get so overwhelmed. And you're going to panic. You're going to panic because you have no money and you're going to get back to the same trap of having to make money. Yeah. It puts a lot of stress on the job, on on the dream. Well, here's another point, and I want your viewpoint on this. So people go, oh, I I got a a part time business. How can I start a part time business? I'm working full time. I got the kids. Where in the world do I find the time? But what I think people don't realize is there's always spare time. Oh, yeah. How do you address that? Because I hear that a lot. I don't have the time. I got so much going on. How am I going to start a part time business? Here's the thing. I have three children under the age of seven. I have three girls, three, three-year-olds, six-year-olds, and seven-year-olds. I run two big businesses, okay? So I, I get it. I know what it's like to not have a lot of time, but I want to tell you this. They've done studies, and they found out, we have this woman, Carrie Bentley, on who did a lot of research around productivity, and people said, I would be so much more productive if I had more time, and it's actually incorrect. 
it turns out that what makes us productive is a state of energy, an energized state of mind. We've all had moments when we're feeling bold, when we're feeling unleashed and ready to rip it open. And in those moments, even if you have 45 minutes, you'll do more with those 45 minutes than you would if you had six weeks of sabbatical time. It is about a state of mind. If you want it, you will make the time. It becomes something you enjoy. I think a lot of times people say they don't have the time because they want to use their time to do things that make them feel good. And if as soon as you sit down to play the piano or write the script or work on the side hustle, you start to feel overwhelmed and start to criticize yourself and start to feel like, who am I to do this? And all the imposter syndrome comes up. It feels horrible. You're not going to want to do that. That's why you'd rather watch Game of Thrones or catch up on all the other Netflix shows. And that goes back to, again, discovering what's most meaningful. What's the why we say? What's the why of why you're doing this? What's most important at your core? It also goes back to give yourself permission to make the messy version and to play and give yourself the time to just write the messy first draft of the website, write the, write the, write the email to the person. And remember, no one needs you to be perfect. They need you to be empathetic. As long as you're showing up and asking the question, okay, maybe it's not the most perfect donut, but you want to know what kind they want and you make a space to make them feel heard you will be their favorite person selling donuts. It is so simple and easy to stand out because most people feel very alone in this world. Depression rates are up, suicide rates are up. So if you can be the kind of person who allows yourself let go of the shame, you're not perfect, you're not going to win at your business because you're perfect. No one's going to tap you on the shoulder and say, you're ready now. There's no ready. But what you could do is you could wind up contributing because you're generous, because you care. And when you are that, you give yourself permission to tell mediocre stories and then you start to tell better stories. And that's everyone who's successful, successful people, they're not ready. They're not perfect. They just start. They feel like vomiting, press public on the podcast anyway. They're terrified. (laughs) They make the call anyway. And that's why they are, that's why we look up to them. It's not because they all have like a different IQ or a different you know, a zip code and they, they just were born into it. Our greatest resource is not the resources. It's not the time. It's not the money. It's your own resourcefulness. It's your compassion. It's your empathy. It's your passion. You know, the enthusiasm lights up in the brain stronger than anything else. When you walk in a room and you have enthusiasm and empathy, you are untouchable. So everyone for, and, you. Yes. And so to that point, so let's say somebody's, trying to figure out they're like, I don't, I hate my job, but I have no idea really what it is that I like to do. So for example, one of the things that we say, if you're looking and sometimes, you know, you've been conditioned for so many years to do what you're told instead of what excites you. Um, One of the things we say is just start to make a list of the things that make you happy. Start making a list of things that make you smile. What, what is, what are some of the other steps, Kathy, that um, for people to really uncover what it is that they have that passion for? A couple of things. I would like to tell people, take out a pen and paper and write, write down one through 10, the same sentence, finish it different ways. If I didn't have to be perfect, I would. If I didn't have to be perfect, I would. What are 10 sentences that you can write? If I didn't have to be perfect, I would. I would also write down five dream lives and stop thinking about the practicality or the how. Just write it down. I'd open up a breakfast. I'd like to live in Greece. Whatever it is, write it down. And then close your eyes and picture yourself doing each one and notice which one in your body 
feels in your chest like most expansive and then circle it and then next to it write down one small step you could take to move closer to that thing so if you wrote down i want to open a bakery maybe the one small step is i could figure out which recipe i'm going to make this week and i'm going to make it right i'm going to go ahead and make the thing because what happens is and julia cameron who wrote a book called the artist way she said this and it's so true she said she said, I see no distinction between creativity and spirituality. And what she means is that when you start down the path where there's just a little whisper, it seems like a stupid idea and you just trust it, you will be led. There's synchronicity that comes. You will be given a clue. You'll go and you'll find it because the clarity comes from the action. You can't think your way to it, but it, you'll be led. And if you're humble enough to keep your eyes on how can I serve, the world will be merciful and the world will lead you to where you're really meant to serve. And that's what happened with me. That's a great point because in reading Ryan Holiday, he's the author of yeah. Ego is the Enemy, and he talks about passion and purpose in different ways. And I think people get confused because what he says is passion can actually be quite dangerous because passion is all about you. It's what you want to do. It's what I love and what I want to do. But purpose is exactly what you're saying is about them. It's about yeah. who do you want to serve? Who do you want to help? Who do you want to reach? Um, and I think people get this this idea that, oh, if I just find what I'm passionate about, what I love to do, then I'll be successful and, and everything will work. Well, no, not if it's not if you're just doing what you want to do. It's what needs to be done. Who do you need to serve? What can I contribute? And I love that that's you it. put that. That's your message, Kathy. I love that. Yeah. I mean, and that's the difference between a hobby and a business. Like if you want to just do something because it brings you joy, then do it. But if we're talking about getting paid to do it, and my contention is, why not get paid to do it? Because then you can do it the thing you love all the time, right? It gives you that freedom. You don't have to wait till Sundays to do the thing you love. You can do it all week long. But now you can do it for a client. And so what I did is I wound up quitting my day job and finding a way to write music for clients, which was film and TV. I wound up figuring out how to find clients who needed me to write music for TV shows, ads, Walmart commercials, McDonald's commercials, and they became my patron and they allowed me a life where I started making hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then I was able to do that again and again and again. And now you've got the podcast and now you've got the book called Don't Keep Your Day Job. And uh, I want to highly recommend you listen to Kathy Hiller's podcast, Don't Keep Your Day Job. Great information, Kathy. We could go on all day. We are out of time. But again, if you're listening to this show right now, and, and we recommend that you listen to this show again and again, because repetition is how we learn best. And if you're in a job you're not liking or you're looking for, you know, I know, I know there's more to life than what I'm doing and I'm just out here making money and yep. I have no passion for it and I'm not happy about it, then listen to Kathy Heller. The podcast is called Don't Keep Your Day Job as well as the book. So, Kathy, thank you so much. Great, thank great you. show. Great question. Great, great information. Question. Really enjoyed talking with you. Have a, have a fabulous, Thanks. fabulous day. You too, honey. Thank you so much. Thank you. At Qualcomm, we believe in staying connected, and you can see us wherever 5G is helping transform telemedicine, supporting remote education, and powering mobile PCs. The Invention Age is here. Learn more at qualcomm.com slash inventionage. So thank you all for listening to the Rich Dad Radio Show and our special guest, Kathy Heller. I say thank you to you. 
And, uh, you know, the most important thing we can do is find out what really is most meaningful to us. What is it that really gets us up in the morning, gets us moving, gets us living life. Instead of just going through the motions, it's time we live life. So here's to life. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.